Welcome back to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan. Thank you so much for being here. Our podcast is every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock Central Time. We are so grateful for your presence here and also for the fact that you send us your questions, your concerns, what you want us to have on our podcast, what is important to you. We uh, we love to welcome all of you here. For the the ones that don't know uh, me, I just want to tell you that I uh, am grateful that you are here. I uh, am an international human rights attorney, and you will hear me speaking many times and encouraging people or training people to be strong and courageous in their faith. Um, and I base that on my own experience. Um, I defended Christian and human rights cases under socialist and communist government. You can read more in my memoir, Saving My Assassin. And also, I do the same thing here. Um, I'm an ally attorney with Alliance Defender Freedom, and I do the same thing because we have to protect religious freedom. And I speak in many places, and I love to train people. This is not only about me. It's about each one of us because we have skills and talents that God put in us, sphere of influence, and you can be a strong and courageous leader and live a life of success and significance in Christ. And God can use you to change uh, our neighborhood, change our country. But Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan is not only based on encouraging you and training you based on my experience, but also we love, we love to bring courageous leaders to our podcast because they are such an exemplification of how they heard God's voice how God changed them into leaders, how God used them for his glory in many, many areas, and how they, uh, on their part, train others to do the same. And one a very, very special, courageous leader is my good friend, Justin Murph. I met him many years ago in Dallas, Texas. So we are so grateful. Justin is the executive director of the National Committee for Religious Freedom, and he is passionate about defending religious freedom for all Americans, for people all over the world. And for more than 20 years, Justin has served in many churches and ministries and organizations around the world. Just to mention several of them, he uh, was the Minister of Stewardship and Generosity at First Baptist Church in Dallas, as canon at the International Affairs in the jurisdiction of the Armed Forces and Chaplaincy. Uh, in the uh, Anglican Church in North uh, America. Justin has worked also in the media and development uh, executive and as an executive producer at several national um, networks. Just to mention, he was the vice president and general manager of uh, Biz Television, the international grants and, and foundations manager for the Christian Broadcasting Network and the chief development officer for the Parental Rights Foundation. He also served as the official envoy to the Vatican on behalf of CBN. Justin 
has been married for 15 years to his beautiful wife, Dr. Jennifer Murph, and uh, he has two beautiful daughters. They live mm-hmm. in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, and we are so glad. We are so glad, Justin, for you to be here. I am so um, grateful and I am excited about the message that you will. I know it's going to be a powerful message mm. for our well, Virginia, audience. Virginia, thank you so much so for the privilege of being with you and joining you, and joining you on this show. I just want to ask you, uh, to, see you to share with our audience. You know, when I was 18 years old, I was serving Christ, as a chaplain in a refugee in camp in Germany, in southern Germany, where I went to Bible but school. How can and you I had the privilege of serving alongside a Jordanian Christian and a Arab-Israeli Christian. And the three of us would go into this refugee camp and we would help hands and uh, let him disciple and, and hold Bible studies with people who were claiming religious asylum in Germany. They, they had come from Iraq. They'd come from Iran, from from Pakistan, Afghanistan, fleeing freedom, fleeing their their lives, excuse me, trying to find freedom. And they found freedom uh, in the West. And during these Bible studies, I would hear these stories and these testimonies of the people and the hardships, the pain, the the persecution they endured simply for the, the, the cross of Christ. And it's something as an 18-year-old kid, even now is almost 40 years old, I look back at that was probably the, one of the most pivotal moments in my own journey where really God put a, a burden in my heart for religious freedom. And so for the past 20 years on and off, I've, I've worked in this area of helping to defend religious freedom. And we've looked at how can how can we build proactive religious freedom abroad and help Christians overseas uh, protect their rights, defend their rights, even learn. Some are, are shocked to learn they even have fundamental human rights of religious freedom. But now it's time to actually turn our attention home. And and that's been, unfortunately, one of the, I, I would say it's it's sad, but it's also a huge need for the church and for Americans, for people of all faith in the United States, <clears throat> excuse me, to understand their religious freedom rights don't stop at the door of a, a lobby in a hospital or a university campus or even their their place of business. They have constitutionally God-given protected rights, and those rights include the freedom of religious practice. So where those religious practices can be freely uh, and peaceably observed, the Constitution affords that. So why is it? That we're in a situation in 2022 where we have, you know, pastors questioning whether or not they can even pray an invocation at a town hall meeting or a little league baseball game without fearing being sued by somebody. That's nonsense. Why is it that we have pastors worried about being able to faithfully preach the word of God from their own pulpit? Why is it that we have other religious denominations that feel like if they hold orthodox values on family and humanity, they can't share those things openly without fear of being shut down by an overreaching, aggressive government? And gosh, Virginia, that seems almost reminiscent of some of the things that Christians back in Romania during the Cold War had to live through. And yet we're beginning to see signs of those things creep up now. And so that's really why in this season, for such a time as this, God has raised up the National Committee for Religious Freedom. And it's it's an honor and a privilege to be able to join 
the team and to, to lead our efforts there. But it is a, a work across denominations and across religious confessions and traditions united in one thing, defending our constitutionally protected right of religious freedom and expression. That is so true because we uh, had had Mm. in America for such a long time uh, freedom, and we never experience persecution. What we have right now is not persecution yet. It's not. Uh, I experience persecution, and I know that. Um, but we had it such uh, in a in a such an easy way, and it's one to go overseas and to be for a few days or even weeks there and try to help people. And it's totally different to live day by day and to ask yourself, oh, if I uh, will stand up for this, will I uh, lose my job or will I, Mm. uh, people will make fun of me and so forth. But it's also based on my experience under persecution is it's our greatest opportunity as Christians to remain faithful. You know, I always uh, remind myself and people that I train what the the three, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego said, King, we do not have to defend ourselves. Why do you think they said that? Because they lived even before they by day their fate. It's God-given rights. If you force us for a month, in their case, it was for a month not to worship God, they will say, we will continue to do this. And we have to learn from them that that it will be a time when if the government Amen. crosses the there line, there are four key areas that we are identifying God, and looking at as, as areas where religious freedom has come under assault. The first is in education and parental rights him. in education. And the fact that, for that reason, uh, there are many again, school districts who think that they really own the children. In fact, I've, I've heard it said by some that it's as if the school district or the state Christ, loans Christ, the children out to the parents to for the, the evening and the parents drop the kids back power. off at the school. But it's really I, the other I way around. It's a great and, opportunity. You know, parents, COVID has taught parents one thing, that they need to be starting to, to pay closer attention to the curriculum. They need to have more of a say in what their kids are learning, when they're learning it, and how they're learning it. And so to support those parents of faith who say, you know what, um, no, we, we have a certain ethic in our home. We have a certain worldview that we want taught in our home, and we believe that we should choose what is best for our children and, and teach those things and have our children learn those things that best ally with our, our faith and our tradition. And so that's a huge importance.
Before you before you go to the to the second one, I just want to say one thing for people that are listening. You are so right about this, but do you know why they think that the school loans the kids to the parents in evening because of the mistake that we have made as as parents? Not all of us, but some of us thinking that the, the we drop the kids to school and the kids will just teach them everything. And many parents never, never checked. They were ready to go to, to work to uh, make the kids have, I don't, I don't know, what kind of items, right. you know, enrich the, the them financially and, and the have stuff. As people of faith, not if you are in the healthcare lives. industry, and you should not be reason, forced you are right. to perform operations or procedures that violate your religious tradition. So having the religious conscience is, is key. But also the on the patient side, but we saw many people, unfortunately, who died during the COVID epidemic. But we have who to take were denied their religious rights of, of prayer, comfort, of the fact final that communion, many whatever their faith tradition is. We saw uh, many people, education. unfortunately, simply denied the final comforts in their last moment of life before meeting their maker. And part of that is uh, the church needing to take a firmer stand on these issues and saying, no, we will. We will minister to those people. And, and we have to figure out a way around that. But Part of it is patients even knowing what their religious rights are. We get this huge packet of HIPAA rights, right? But but most hospitals don't actually share with patients what their constitutional religious rights are when it comes to patient care. And so these are issues that we want to help bring to the forefront, educate communities of faith and teach them to be proactive. The other issues are military religious freedom and, of course, corporate religious freedom. And so those are kind of four areas but over the next few years, the National Committee for Religious Freedom will be working state by state to begin to create state coalitions of like-minded organizations who are working together to identify. And this is really what sets us apart from almost any other organization that's out there, Virginia, is we are intentionally targeting members of Congress who are pro-faith and we want to support them. And if they are anti-religious freedom, then it's time to get them out of office. We want to support members of Congress who are willing to take a stand for religious freedom and actually uphold the Constitution. And so we're working hard to make sure that we have the funds necessary to support great candidates who are willing to defend and uphold the Constitution and defend our religious freedom regardless of tradition. That is wonderful. I and I want to mention one thing. You are talking about health and health issues, uh, and it, it really is so important in our lives in America. I uh, I spoke uh, a year before COVID uh, in uh, for Christian Legal Society. I was the keynote speaker for their annual event uh, in uh, in Canada, and several of the Supreme Court uh, judges were there. Uh, and 
I I heard from them how horrible the situation is on healthcare in in Canada because people were not able or not willing to stand up when the time was right, and how the government decides, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, to do abortions uh, or when the, or a person will be a specific age, will call the children and will say no medication, no nothing. Um, this person is not useful for uh, the society. They decide the time and the age and you have to take it home and put it in, in a, a room and let them die there. No, those are not um, stories. Those are realities that we, we can, Canadian people are yeah. dealing with. And those are the lessons that we need to learn from them. Thank you. The health well, issues well, I'd encourage everyone to do is visit our website at theNCRF.org and you sign know, the pledge today to support religious freedom. Dies. See the and, sign the pledge button, uh, just we, click it. We need, we Short, simple need statements to, supporting to and defending religious freedom for all like you defending said, not our constitutional only rights. Of their That's rights, the but best thing you can do. And if you represent a church, an organization, or a religious community, and you want to know more about how to get involved and get connected, reach out to us. I'd love to have a chat with you and uh, connect you with our state directors. That is the it's a um the best thing that everybody can do just stand up uh, you know we we all have talents and skills and a sphere of influence that God put in a specific place that we can use it. We don't have right. to wait for our representative. Right. Yes, we can um, contact them, but every change and I really believe changes in America will start with us, with what we are doing. And not only that, we but we, people are watching us. What we do will influence them, positive or negative. And by standing up for religious freedom will help them. You know, we many we many times we heard, if she stands up, I will stand up with her. So be Thank the you. one standing up. Yeah. So we we love we love to have you more and share um what, Thank you, Virginia. what's the next step on um what you are doing, you know, to encourage people to send out for all the religious and uh, all everything that needs to be done. We have uh, election soon and we have a very important year. We don't have to wait. Today is the time to start and doing what we need to do. So, Justin, thank you so very much for coming here for your strong message. I hope the People uh, took it uh, to heart, and they will take actions. Well, I hope that um, Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan, which is every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock, but especially Justin's message encourage you today very much. I hope that you will take the action, not just 
agree with the message, but take actions and be the courageous leader that God wants you to to be. If you want to um, follow us, go to virginiapradanbooks.com and find there um, everything that you need. You can buy my books, uh, Saving My Assassin, that will show you how God helped me step by step to and build in me the, the the courage that I needed to have in order to be a leader in my area and how he is doing right now. It's nothing about me. It's about the power of Christ in us. And he is the one who will do the same thing with you. So again, if you want to keep in contact with us, go to virginiapradanbooks.com and you have there everything. You can contact us, you can buy the book, you can invite me to speak and we will have uh, also uh, the link for uh, um, the organization of uh, Justin Justin Murph and uh, his message. Thank you so very much again. We keep in touch. We hope to keep in touch. We love your questions. We love everything that you want uh, us to bring here. And we are so grateful that you help us to bring such a courageous leader like Justin Murph today. His message was uh, hope changing your life and uh, um, helping you to take actions. Until next time, keep in touch and God bless you.